We have come into His house, gathered in His name to worship Him. We have come into His house, gathered in His name to worship Him. We have come into His house, gathered in His name to worship Christ the Lord, worship Him, Christ the Lord. Let's forget about ourselves, magnify the name, and worship Him. Let's forget about ourselves, magnify the name, and worship Him. Let's forget about ourselves, magnify the name, and worship Christ the Lord. Worship Him, Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Creator of all things, we ask that you speak to us this Sabbath day. May your truth, your truths, touch our understanding. May your Holy Spirit feed our deeper yearnings of heart and soul. Enable us to bring all that we are before you that we might experience your touch upon all aspects of our lives. We know that you are always near. We feel the delight. We feel much delight in our worship as we gather together to sing praises to you, dear Lord. It is so wonderful to feel the touch of your presence We look forward to hearing our brother Lonnie's message today. We pray for your touch upon him as well. We ask that you build this household of faith into what you want us to be. Lead us to do your will. In the name of Jesus. Jesus who taught us how to pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good Sabbath, church family. And uh, this is... uh, is a familiar for me because I have uh, delivered messages before, uh, and a pastor asked me. He's asked me before. This is not, you know, due to me and the family getting, uh, you know, sent to another foreign land. But uh, I, uh, I told him. I said, he's, he's always asked me, and I go, the Bible says to be ready in and out of season. I said so. I'm always ready, and. Uh, you know, I forget what he called it, but I know 
in pastor talk, there's always a sermon that you have ready in your back pocket, you know, the go-to, like if you, okay, I, I don't have time to prepare, but I know this one and I can do it. I'm not doing that today. I actually prepared a, a different uh, sermon other than the one that I normally uh, in a crunch would uh, bring. Uh, I'm going to go open up with a word of prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll dig in. The only Father, we just humbly bow in your presence and I ask that you'll just prepare our hearts and our minds for your word. I pray that uh, I be removed so that your word may be proclaimed and uh, spoken with authority and power that comes from the Holy Spirit that you sent to help us. Uh, we pray for those who aren't with us today that they are safe, that they will be given strength and health uh, to come back safe again. And we just ask for your uh, continued guidance day by day in our walk with you. Uh, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you for the grace and mercy that you uh, show us every day. And we ask your blessings upon this time through the name of Jesus. Amen. So the sermon is titled, If Not Now, When? And uh, there was a song that I listened to, and I'm not going to call them out because they're not like an anti-Christian group or anything. But what happens so many times with musical artists is they come up with really good songs based out of emotion or something going on in their life. And a lot of times they don't really, you can tell they don't, quote-unquote, fact-check it to Scripture. There's no pastor, there's no nobody that really looks at it. And a lot of times they sing it and it sounds great, but then when you really digest it and you go, that's actually not even scriptural. <laughs> you know, and that actually is what led me to this. Now, the song was talking about um, if, we, if we ever needed you, God, we need you now. <laughs> and... And really, scripturally, that's incorrect because God is ever-present, and we always need him because he told us in his word that apart from him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. So we always need him. And the now is now. The now was yesterday. The now is tomorrow. And so we always need him. Uh, and if not now, then, then when do we need him? You know? And a lot of the struggle in life for us the underlying tone here is is patience patience with the lord patience with ourselves patience with each other and evermore as we say see the day approaching near where we're supposed to be more encouraging than anything more patient more loving and when we see these wars for believers which the word and messages preached from pulpits all over the world is for believers because you don't give pearls to swine do we and so it's really important to understand that this is not news for us when we see what's going on. God already told us through his word there will be wars. There will be rumors of wars. So this is not news to us. This is glory being revealed by yet another prophecy coming true that was spoken of uh, ages ago. And so the, the big premise here is James 5, 7, and 8. And it says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord is coming, until the, until the Lord's coming, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, 
because the Lord's coming is near. Now, I'm with Pastor. I, I, don't, I really don't care when he's coming back because he's never told me to care. He only told me to be ready. And so that's a lot of this message is focus on being present in the moment and being ready, you know. Um, my first point here says the Bible starts off with in the beginning. Yet, why do we rush to the ending? So many people want to get to the end, you know. Uh, there, yeah, there's books. Um, my daughter's in the anime. She's not here with us today. She's doing some uh, college work. Um, but so many people rush to the end, and she has books that are anime books, and they read them actually from the back to the front, you know, starting them back, and I guess because that, you know, makes people do that. And then they have, you know, uh, this book for dummies, this book for dummies, and it's a short and condensed version of the whole uh, story. Um, God's word, his love letter to us, this Bible, is there to be completely used and written and I even know of some people who have extracted the parts they like. And, you know, this is the Bible I use, you know, a three-ring binder with all the things that you like and just leave out certain things that you don't like. Um, and, and God warned about that being the case towards the end when he talks about the tickling of ears, you know, not, not seeking sound doctrine. And, um, you know, that's, that's not the way that I was exposed to salvation. I was fully exposed to the word. I wasn't given a portion. I was given all of it. Now, it was in increments because we all start off as babies on milk in the word. And then hopefully through time and discipleship training, you grow to learn how to eat meat. You know, um, God says man does not live on bread alone, but the very breath of God and the very word of God. So this thing is something to be consumed. I know when I do discipleship training, I will hold the word up and I will say, look, People know me to be very comical and, and jovial, and I like to have a good time. But the one thing in life that I've always and will be serious about is God's Word because it's called a double-edged sword because it slices. And this Word of God will kill you if you don't receive it properly. And so it's very important to understand that God is evident, you know, in everything. And He's always ever-present. And it is us who forsakes Him not the opposite, but that is why a lot of times people, again, like to rush to the ending because we don't want to go through all the things in the middle between the beginning and the end, you know. We want to get it over with, you know. He's coming back, you know. So, it, you know, it happens, you know. Uh, John sixteen thirty three uh, says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Those are direct words out of Jesus' mouth. And it's very important to understand why he said that. Jesus, our Savior, what, what makes him, part of what makes him great is the fact that he did not rule from far off and up high. He came down humbled himself as a bondservant, and he walked in our shoes. He bled. He cried. He sweat. <laughs> you know, so that gives us an ability to have a real relationship with him 
And we need to understand that he already came down here and he overcame the world by living the perfect life and being that lamb that was slain for our transgressions and our sins and took our place. And so I try to make sure that when I wake up each day, what am I going to do to pick up where he left off? He's already taken care of the of the hard stuff. He's already overcome the world and he's already told me and identified the enemy. So I don't need to worry about the end. He's already taken care of the end. Matter of fact, he is the alpha. He is the beginning. He is the omega. He is the end. So if he is the beginning and the end, that means we need to focus on the middle part. And we need to learn what God's word says about how we live, how we are supposed to treat one another, how we are supposed to be obedient in his words. And, um, you know, that's, it's easier said than done, some say. But God says it's actually really is easy. He says, look, my word is not burdensome. It's not a burden. Just be obedient, live in it. And you will see the fruit from doing that. But again, a lot of us become narrow-minded, we become greedy, we become selfish in how we want to be Christians. And he, again, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So just stay right here, stay right there, run this race. I've already won it, but just run it and finish it, you know. So Romans eight thirty one to go with this first point, says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? So again, he's giving you the opportunity to not be concerned about everything else that's going on. So while the world is in panic when a war like is happening overseas takes place, we are supposed to stand firm and we are supposed to be grounded in our faith and go, hey, come to us, okay? We know in that these things are going to come and going to happen. Let us explain to you why this is taking place. It is just birth pangs of the Lord coming. These are things that we've known about from the time of our salvation. And we were, again, exposed to God's word and taught God's word. And we know, look, it's not anything to panic about. It's not anything to worry about. If anything, it is a time to get serious about the things of God and maybe, hey, you need to do some business with God. Come to the altar of the throne of mercy and grace. You know, maybe that's something that comes from these type events when there's war because it does make you think about life and the end of life. Uh, so don't be so fast to rush to the end, you know. Let's live out and live each day for that day. All right? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be what? Right. So we don't need to be walking around as believers going, oh, whoa, is the world, what's going on, you know? There's people, you know, is it sad? Yes, it's sad. But the glory of the Lord is on display because if it wasn't supposed to happen, he wouldn't allow it to happen. That's the thing about it. A lot of these people think they're in control, and they're just puppets on strings. God is in control. His word told us that. So if he's in control, we should just trust what he's doing. So point number two, do we not realize what is coming? 
One thing about God is he is the same today, tomorrow, forever. Amen on that. And I picked Amos because 2 Timothy 3.16 always talks about using Scripture to prove Scripture. And so if God says that he really is the same, well, let's see if God really is the same. So in Amos chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Alas, you who are longing for the day of the Lord. And this is for Christians who are going, let's get to this end. For what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not light. Now, in Amos, what this was about was God punishing Judah and Israel for their unbelief and disobedience. All right. And that's what God said here to them. All right. For what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not light. And that is why people want to get to the end. They, to the light. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with the darkness. You know, we don't want to deal with the rough times and the tough times. You know, it's like, well, we have a Savior that suffered on our behalf. But yeah, we don't want to suffer. We don't want to go through tough times. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of believers, um, and I won't let them get away with it, that run around with this unicorn and rainbows you know, mythology, and I go, God's word is, is, is not that way. There's a lot of things that are coming, this war. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are coming, earthquakes, plagues, I mean, you know, hurricanes, all, all these things that are happening. I remember someone told me one day, said, did I believe in global warming? I said, I said yes. I said, God does. I said, he talked about fire coming down here to this, you know, to, as a part of the rebuilding of the, of the new earth. I said, so, yeah, I believe it's going to get real hot at some point in different places when God does his work. I said, you know, and they just kind of like, huh? And I was like, ah, never mind, you know. <laughs> I, it was somebody wasn't a believer, but I just had to take the opportunity to say that, you know. Um, so they were wanting to go down this other road that we have going on in the political uh, world. But, you know. It will be darkness and not light. Uh, and then Second Thessalonians, fast forwarding uh, to the New Testament, you know, the new covenant with us. Uh, for after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. The same problem he was having in Amos, right? Disobedience, not being obedient. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So the same thing that's being said in the Old Testament is being said here. There's going to be darkness. There's going to be punishment for disobedience. God is the same. And that is what we have to understand is coming. Judgment. Okay? And what judgment is supposed to do is bring about obedience for believers. We are supposed to go, I am going to be judged. Now, a lot of people don't understand. There are two different types of judgment that are going to occur. There are those who are going to be judged for their eternity position. And then for believers, 
we're going to be judged what we did with our belief. You know, we're going to be rewarded based off how we were obedient or disobedient. Uh, I mean, I remember uh, for for the first time learning that I'm going to be held accountable for the th- not only the things I say, but the things I don't say. And I remember sitting there during that sermon going, and I'm just playing back like all these times. Like, man, I should have I should have said something here. I should have said something there. And I'm sitting there going, okay, I already talk a lot. But I'm going to have to start talking more and about the right kinds of things. Because I'm like, there's so many times where I go, man, maybe I shouldn't say something. No. And so now I will say something so that I know that they know where my position is when the opportunity presents itself to share my faith or to hold a brother or sister accountable. I will not just walk away. You know, so that's important. So, again, we see God is truly the same through his word, you know, and that's important for us as believers because a lot of unbelievers, they're always trying to make it where it seems like we have a God that is hit and miss, and they try to debunk certain things, and a lot of times because they don't have the word, they don't have the Holy Spirit. I know there's people out there that will say, I've read the Bible and it's a good book. But the problem is there's a difference reading it in the flesh and then reading it in the Spirit. See, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit with us that helps us, reveals God's voice. That's why he says, he who knows my children know my voice and they hear me. Well, if you're not a child of God, you're not going to be able to read this and understand it. It will only be simply a good book but it's more than that to us it's power it's life it's it's our foundation jesus said i am the word in john 1 1 and you know so if this if if this is jesus this is our foundation this is why it's here you know for us to grow from and so it's important to understand just what god is and just how god works and operates and does things and the fact that he is consistent should give us increase in our faith because he tells us faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God and so you want to hear the same things if you're hearing a bunch of different things you know you're going to be like well he's double minded not you know but we know that that is not true because again he is consistent throughout the word of God from Old Testament to New Testament so Second Thessalonians one six through nine. I just want to read it again. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. That's what's coming. We don't have to worry about vengeance. God will take care of that. Our job is to show the love of God. He will take care of vengeance. And give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well. When the Lord Jesus will will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. There's that global warming. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Now, why did I read that again? Do we not realize what is coming? Going back to the first point, rushing to the ending. How selfish it is for believers 
to be that way, and, and, and I have done that. We've all been guilty. Just come on back. They're all reprobates. <laughs> Just come on back. Get us, it's going to get us out of here. But when we do that, you put everyone who has not had the opportunity to hear the gospel immediately into eternal judgment and separation from a holy God. And that's not really what we want as believers, do we? We really don't want people to go through that. But again, it does get tough. God said that. Yes, we're going to have tribulation in this world. But don't worry about it. He's already overcome it. He's already had the victory there. Focus on sharing the love of Christ with others, with each other, and encouraging one another so that this ministry can be fulfilled through us. Uh, it's been asked before, and I reflected, and the greatest thing to me about Jesus, personally, is the fact that he believed so much in us that he left. The disciples, when he came back that second time, because this is actually the third time he comes, you know, but we call it the second coming, it's really the third coming, but when, when, he, when he left, they were so confused because they were on cloud nine when he came back. They're like, we're about to tear this place up. He then overcome death because, you know, they scattered. They were confused, even though he told them. When he came back, they were like, man, this is great. And then the day of Pentecost comes where he goes, I got some news for you. I'm heading out. Um, but don't worry. I'm going to send a helper. A he help. You're here. We don't need any help. We got you. You know, you just you just defeated death. What what help? And then the day of Pentecost occurs. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Here comes these gifts. And then they get emboldened and empowered through the Holy Spirit. And then off we go. And the fact that Jesus believed so much in us, that not just what he died for us, that he believed that in us to carry out and fulfill his ministry. He could have just stayed here. All this whole time, he could have just been down here roaming around, you know, right? Now, is he here? The presence of the Lord is here, right? We know that as believers. But physically here, he wanted us to do that. He believed in us. And so we are down here doing the things of God, physically being Jesus to other people. That's what we're doing. We have to have self-reflection and realize he is the vine, John 15 well, he's the vine. We're branches. We're a part of Jesus. Okay? All right? He, that's why it talks about his word, you know, the bride and the bridegroom. There's a union. There's a unity there. He, he loves us. Okay? And so draw to that power and understand that whenever you rush to the ending, you bring about eternal judgment on people who don't deserve it, really. Because they need to have the same opportunity you did to choose which way you want to go, left or right, the narrow path, the wide path, the red pill, the blue pill, if you like Matrix. <laughs> so understand that there's an opportunity that needs to be available, and it will be available for everyone. That is a part of him coming, is that everyone has the opportunity to hear his word. You're not going to stand before him. Nobody told me. I didn't even know you were real. Who are you again? You know, 
No, everyone is going to know. Everyone. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Christ the Lord. So everyone is going to have that opportunity. They're going to know. They can uh, lie to themselves, but you can't lie to him. Uh, so point three, I always like to, when I give sermons, I like to give homework. Okay, Maybe that's because I, I did a lot of youth ministry. You know, says, so oh, man, homework. I don't want to have homework. Well, homework. Matthew 24. Go home, read it. Verse 1 through 14. I'll read the whole chapter. Go as far as the Spirit leads you. But I have that in there. How cold is your heart? Where are you? Okay. All right. Where are you in your walk with Christ right now? You know, God says, I wish you would be neither hot or cold. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I wish you would be either hot or cold. If you're lukewarm in the middle, spit you out of his mouth, right? But where are you at? Okay? Go home and evaluate. Read that and evaluate where you're at and respond. That's what God's word here is for. It's for us to respond to. Read it, absorb it, and respond. And God will get the glory out of your life that he's asking for and deserves. Uh, and the fourth point is time. Time is in God's control, okay? Uh, and it's hard to understand because we, especially now, with all the technological advances, there's so many things that we can get right now. And, and because of the supply chain issues that we're having, no matter who's the cause for it, it has absolutely got America out of sorts. People are becoming so less patient with each other and people... You know, just dealing with it at work, you know, I, I see it and I have to kind of take a deep breath and go, man, all right, let me get in there and try to spread some love today with these impatient customers. You know, it is very tough. It is very tough. But God says regarding time, Second Peter 3, 8, 9, but do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved. That with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. Because God says, behold, Lord is coming quickly. That's what the word says, he's coming quickly. Huh? Well, now we understand why he says that, because a thousand years for us is just one day for him, right? As some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And again, by rushing to the end, we don't allow for God to do what he says he wants to have done, which is all come to repentance. Is it real? Yes, it's really there but it's not going to really be accepted by all. But there's a difference between offering his full self and them receiving that. But again, they will repent in one way or the other because they have to confess who he is and the knee will bow. So you are going to repent. It doesn't matter. But you still will face eternal judgment if your heart was not truly in the right place and accepted his son. So, Time is in his control, not ours, okay? God is the one doing what he wants done. 
Um, I had some, in my notes, I had some uh, other verses I didn't really put up here. But um, Proverbs, I always, I always, you know, love Proverbs. If you're, if you're having a bad day, you can just open Proverbs. and It's really encouraging. You go, okay, that's, that's the wisdom. I get some wisdom there. I needed that. You know? um, Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise. But companion of fools will suffer harm. Why do I say that? Believers, quit looking at the news. Quit watching the news, okay? Go to God's Word for direction and instruction in what's going on, okay? If you want to watch it just to see what's going on, great. But quit watching it and then going into panic attacks, okay? And, and, and posting stuff on social media. Believers, let's quit that. If we're going to post anything, let's post some scripture and encouragement because that's what God said for us to do. He told us to be encouraging. So quit being the companion of all these foolish people that don't know what's really going on. Okay? God's in control. All right? We, we don't know when he's coming back. All right? So let's focus on what God said to do, which is to be encouraging, which is to show the love of Christ. And let's don't be companions with fools. It's just a waste of our time as believers. And Psalm, Psalm 46.10 says, Cease striving. And just know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So those are the two uh, examples that I really, really uh, put on here. I didn't have put the Proverbs up there, so I wanted y'all to hear it. But I had this other Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's. In all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So again, who's in control? God's in control. All right? So if God's in control, let him be God. Cease striving and just know. Quit trying to figure everything out. There's, there, there's some things that just aren't meant to be figured out and known, guys. And, if, and that's because God didn't want us to know. Exactly. And we got to just focus on living out our faith. Each day is a new day. Be glad in it because there's an opportunity for you to serve and figure out what am I going to do to glorify God today. All right. He says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I've, I've, I told that to atheists before. And, of course, people, if you don't know what an atheist is, they don't believe in anything. Okay. They don't believe in anything. All right. So I met an atheist who was an ex-low atheist, meaning he didn't even want to be associated with atheists. So he didn't even want to believe that he didn't believe. So he was trying to take it to the next level. But I, I, so he got, he told me he goes I don't he goes I don't know why you want to be friends with me. Uh, he goes other people that are, have faith they they end up you know leaving me. And I said, well, God says that He's never going to forsake any of us. I said, so why would I leave you? I said, I love you. I said, but I will tell you, I said, even though you say you don't believe, I said, it doesn't really matter. I said, unless you hold your breath till you pass out, I said, you're going to praise them regardless. I said, so you're breathing. So I said, you're going to praise them whether you believe it or not. I said, so that don't matter to me. You know, I don't, I don't know um, where he's at today. I hope that God was able to change his heart and send some other people to minister to him as I have gotten moved all over the uh, North American uh, borders here. But, uh, you know, it's important to understand that it's not our jobs to know everything. 
Okay? That's God's job. Let him be in control. Let him do what he does. And we just need to be faithful. In the end, God built, God owns, and God will be exalted. And so, let's just focus on doing the things that God has laid before us. And then we will be able to see the power of God, not just in us, but we will see the fruits of our labor while we're down here. And then that we'll have so much more to celebrate when he comes back and does what he's going to do. And so with that, I say amen and hallelujah, as pastor says. And let's get out there and be somebody for the Lord's sake. Oh